Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast, where we help people working in commercial real estate achieve their professional goals. Check us out online at CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hey, this is episode 18 in season two. My special guest today is Luigi Prestoninzi, who is the co-founder and head of growth at Sales IQ Group, which is also based here in Melbourne, Australia. Luigi is also the host of a very successful podcast called the Sales IQ Podcast. I'm a listener. It's very much worth listening to. Today, we're going to be talking about sales as a profession, why sales teams sometimes miss their targets, and also the importance of mindset when it comes to achieving results. After my chat with Luigi, I'm going to be sharing with you my new positioning statement as well. So um, stick around for that, but stick around for Luigi. My interview with him is coming up. And now it's time for the interview on CRE Success, the podcast. Luigi, welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Darren, uh, pleasure to, uh, to be on your podcast, mate. Well, it's great to have you. The first thing that we do in all of our interviews is we step into the virtual elevator and we hear our guests give us their elevator pitch. So Luigi, I've got to ask, who are you? Mate, I'm a sales practitioner or sales professional turned sales practitioner. What do I mean by that? Um, I've worked my entire life in, in pretty much selling, hustling and, and selling and um, from a whole range of different roles to managing sales teams um, and managing marketing teams. And then I eventually decided to, to take my skills and do my own thing um, and help salespeople be the best they can be. And so um, I call myself a practitioner because I don't just go out there, to, you know, teaching people what to do. The things that I, I enable people to do every day are things that I do every single day myself. So I practice what I preach. I drink my own champagne, um, so to speak. And I'm a real lover of, of sales. I think, you know, selling is one of those professions that regardless of how you performed at school, if you've got the right attitude and mindset, then anything is possible. And, you know, the skills are so transferable into so many different aspects of life. So that's a bit about me. Um, also, I'm a father. I'm a proud father of two. I've got a 19-year-old daughter, 15-year-old son. Um, they've taught me more about life than, than anything else. Um, Sales IQ is the name of your company, correct? That's correct. Yes. Yes. I've attended a couple of your webinars and I've listened to the podcast. So I guess I'd be at that top of funnel stage. Can you yeah. tell me a little bit about what the company's mission and vision is? Yeah. So our whole premise is to really elevate the world, the professional world of selling. So um, sell, sales is a profession. And I think um, we need to move away from the fact that, you know, it's a, it's a sleazy you know, that stereotypical sales salesperson is not what we're about. Um, we're about enabling sellers to be the best they can be. And our value proposition is is really, really simple. We want to enable sellers, give them the best tools, methodologies, um, and best practice on how they can can sell and how they should sell. Um, and ultimately, our, our primary objective is to help people. I keep saying this, but it's my you've heard my tagline on the podcast: help salespeople be the best like they can be. And that's, that's fundamentally uh, what we're all about. Mindset is probably the most important attribute of a successful sales professional. So in all of our programs, we first focus on the mindset and then we focus on the skill second. Do you focus on B2B, B2C, or is it sales professionals in general? Yeah. So look, we do spend a lot of time in the B2B sector. However, um, because I've worked across both, I've got a very unique skill set where I've managed, sold and managed in um, B2B sales, but then I migrated my career into B2C because I felt like I wasn't 
uh, my skill set wasn't rounded enough um, as a sales professional. And the best thing I ever did was move myself from being a, a leader managing as an, you know, as an executive of managing a B2B channel into actually moving myself down the hierarchy and reporting to somebody else who was actually my peer. That was the best decision I made in my career because it put me in a position where I just started learning again. So, you know, I got to that point managing a team. Um, I was seen as the kind of, as the expert, you know, as the person that had achieved quite a lot in B2B selling um, in my particular industry in the education sector. And yes, I was learning, but I felt like it was slowing down. And the minute I made that change and put myself under somebody else um, and asked for that to happen, I just, it just, it was like I was born again, man. It was like this whole, I had this whole new lease of life. The learning sort of curve started again, right? And I was learning things and uh, it was amazing. It actually was probably the best, the best change or the best decision I ever made in my career was making that change. And that gentleman's name was Craig Holmes. He's currently the executive general manager of a company called urban.com.au. And reporting to him was one of the best decisions I ever made. Well, you've been a sales leader and you've talked a little bit about some of the work that you're doing B2B, B2C, leading and working with some of the best sales professionals on the planet. You said mindset was one of them, but I'd love to hear from you about what are some of the other attributes that you have seen that commonly make a great sales professional? That's a really good question, man. And I think when you really think about this, I think if you think about the foundations of selling or the fundamental aspects of selling, we kind of got to really think about, you know, that relationship is still a critical component um, when going to market. I don't think we put enough emphasis on that, the fact that we need to have, you know, we need to be out there building relationships. We need to be filling our relationship funnel. And in order to do that, we've got to have a bit of an empathy. We've got to have a bit of a, an empathetic view on our customers, yeah? Um, we've got to really think about, okay, who are the people that we're there to serve? And you know, how do I understand and try to empathize with them? So I think empathy is a, is a really, is a really key attribute. I think the other thing is grit, you know, is having that ability and that resilience to, to fall over and having that ability to continue on whether you like it or not. I've, I've heard some sales gurus say, you know, sales is not about numbers anymore. But the reality is absolutely numbers matter. Like it doesn't matter how you look at it. At the end of the day, your funnel or your pie, whichever kind of sales process you use, there are things that move forward. There are things that move out, right? And fundamentally, there are conversion metrics that are occurring at each stage of that pie or that funnel, okay? And rejection, um, objections, you know, people ghosting you, um, that's a part of the process, you can try to mitigate that by the buying experience you create, but ultimately there are going to be people that buy and there's going to be people that don't buy. There are going to be times when it, you know selling will be tough. There'll be economic environments that impact the decisions our customers make. There's external factors that occur that we just can't control. That's one of the things that I keep you know, talking about is there are so many things that fall outside of a sales professional's control. And our emotion, our ability to manage our emotions through that process is key. That resilience, that grit, that ability to continue to hustle and put one foot in front of the other. So that's one of, for me, one of the key attributes. I feel like before social media, there weren't so many thought leaders sharing ideas about mindset. So I wanted to ask you, given your interest in the topic, do you have an early influence on your way of thinking, someone who was 
uh, who really influenced your early professional and personal development? You know, one of the early books that I read was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, Dale Carnegie, you know, what an incredible guy, like such, you know, so ahead of his time. And, you know, Ogmandino, the greatest salesman in the world. I mean, that book is, it is an incredible book. It'll probably take you just a couple of hours to read. It's, it's not a, you know, thousand page book, but, you know, he talks about the, the scripts, the scriptures, and, you know, it's just a pretty, it's a pretty uh, um, old style book. But, you know, everything that he spoke about was mindset. You know, Earl Nightingale, Napoleon Hill. Like if you think about the founders of professional and personal development, um, Jim Rohn, you know, the person that Tony Robbins learned from, like all these guys, fundamentally everything that they taught was built on mindset. You couldn't progress. Paul J. Meyer, you know, love Paul J. Meyer. Um, I listened to his CD um, in my car. This is, this is going back a few years, right? I listened to his CD every single day for nearly a year. Um, the same thing, and I could recite it still today. Um, some might call me mad, but you know what? That was the year that I hit the, some of the biggest sales numbers of my career. I rewrote the record books for the company I was working at. I rewrote a 60-year record book. I sold more than anybody had ever sold um, in the world. Um, I was sales leader of the year. And I attribute that success to that CD because – the content that I was listening to every day was allowing me to create the right level of mindset that I needed to perform. And also I was getting a lot of rejection. I was actually getting a lot of no's. So I had incredible success, but I also had, if I look at my conversion metrics, now I would, I would probably go, oh man, I probably could have tripled my results if I had the, the skills that I had today. Right. But what got me through to that point of success was my absolute relentless focus. And, you know, it was oozing out of me, as Paul J. Moore said. You could feel my positivity. You could feel my energy. And, you know, Brian Tracy, sales is a transference of enthusiasm. In order to have that, you've got to condition your mindset. You've got to put good in. It's not about, you know, saying that I'm not going to have negative thoughts. And this is the other thing, the other mistake that I've, I've tried to rectify in my career there are going to be times where I feel shit. There are going to be times where things don't go to plan and I don't feel good about it. And that's okay. And it's okay for me to kind of go, you know what? I'm not happy with that outcome. What's not okay is for me to take that attitude into my next call, because that means I'm impacting somebody else. I'm actually, you know, if, if we're true about what true selling is about helping people achieve a better outcome. And we are, you know, that's fundamentally my, my vision when it comes to when I'm selling a product or service, it's all about moving somebody and helping them change for the better. And if I, if I go into a conversation from a previous conversation with, you know, kind of a, a bad taste in my mouth, I'm impacting that person's ability to change for the better. And so, again, you know, that emotional ride that comes with selling, you know, you can't avoid it. You've got to embrace it. You've got to lean into it. I'm glad you mentioned Brian Tracy because um, he was the one for me who, you know, once I read one of his books and then, you know, I just had this insatiable desire to just continue to learn and and to, um, you know, consume his material. And what I wanted to ask you about this stuff is, you know, I, I think in commercial real estate, we often come across people who can sometimes be a little bit closed-minded and I guess pun intended to the, to the, to the concept of mindset, right? They feel that's a bit woo-woo or a bit spiritual or maybe just not for them. And perhaps it's because they haven't been exposed to it or they think they're doing okay already. Um, what would be your advice in terms of how to introduce 
someone to the topic and the concept of mindset. Um, if they're dealing with somebody who you know could benefit from some of that um, external resources and, and and ideas. Yeah. So just to confirm, man. So what you want to know is, you know, what would I do if I had to encourage somebody to go on that path of of embracing some of this content? Um, I'd probably flip it, right? I'd probably before even you know before. You know, whenever I coach a team of people and, and, you know, try to help them improve their sales results or help them elevate their sales results first, first, the very first thing I ask is, what does it actually mean to them? Like, why is it important? And I think we can often forget this question, right? Like, why should somebody care? Why should you care about having an improved mindset? And I take it back to my 15-year-old son. Um, he, has an, he has aspirations to be a professional soccer player. And I've often said to him, like, what does it mean for you to want to be a soccer player? I want to be a soccer player. Okay, cool. The days that he doesn't perform, it's really interesting. You know, I don't, I'm not sympathetic to him if he hasn't put in the work to achieve the outcome that he wants to achieve. So I often say to him, you know, I've, I've had this conversation a few times and he had a bit of an aha one game where he just did not perform well. He was really upset. I said, you know, what do you mind me? What's making you upset? And he said, mate, I'm upset because I didn't play well. Okay. Why didn't you play well? Oh, because, you know, this and that. And I said, okay, how did you prepare? How, is, how have you prepared the last few weeks? Have you been training outside of your normal training days? No. Have you been eating well or eating shit at night? I've been eating shit at night. Okay, cool. Have you been playing computer or going to bed early, or being a playing computer. Okay, cool. So fundamentally, what you're telling me is you're not preparing yourself to achieve the success that you want. So you haven't earned the right to have a good game. And he realized it was a bit of an aha moment for him. And to his credit, man, I got up the next morning, this is pre-lockdown, and as, as I do every day, or as I was doing every day, I was going to my local F45, and he actually put his alarm first and got up at 4.30, and wanted to come with me to F45. So I said, sure. Um, jumped online. I bought his, uh, his pass. And he came along, man. And he started training. And even today, you know, like I'm proud of him because everything shut down and he'll be doing F45 at home at 4 o'clock. Um, and his performance improved as a result. And so you just got to bring it back. Why should someone care? And if something's important to them, then connect the attitude piece the thing that's important because when people see the what's in it for them they'll be empowered to actually want to make a change or actually progress through that through that process if that makes you know if that kind of brings what i'm saying to life man it does it does i like not pushing the content on them but really giving them the opportunity to find it within themselves about why it is that you know reaching their potential or the potential that you can see in them and they could potentially reach if they just yeah. looked a bit more retrospectively, um, is there to be be attained? Um, I want to talk a little bit now about sort of sales processes and um, maybe talk a little bit about, first of all, sales targets. And I know one of the things that you help your clients with is, and I've heard you talk about it on your podcast, is just this idea that there are so many teams that aren't meeting their targets, right? And I, yeah. I know in, in our industry, if a team isn't meeting their target, the complaint will be, well, the target's too high. Um, but you know, that's often not the case. Um, when you're diagnosing a situation with a new potential client, what are you finding as some of the root causes as why teams aren't currently performing in line with the expectations or aren't able to reach the targets that are set? Again, 
I think for me, the target is usually not the root cause of the problem. Um, as a salesperson or as a sales professional, um, as an individual contributor, I never really controlled setting my target. Somebody else set my target for me. And I, you know, again, I've heard gurus say, oh, setting unrealistic targets, blah, blah, blah. But hey, as a seller, you take the job, you get that job, somebody's going to be setting your target. You can't control that, right? You just got to own it and go, right, I can't control someone setting my target, but I can control what I do to achieve my target. And usually the root cause to most of the problem is, and social media has had a negative impact in some cases, is sellers aren't doing what's required to get the job done. But at the end of the day, selling is hard. Selling, it's to, in, it, to, to achieve a number consistently, it takes a lot of hard work. If you're new to sales, it's not just hard work in trying to sell, but building your network. Your network is what's valuable as a sales professional, and it takes time to build. You can speed that time up by just getting out there more and more and connecting with people more and more right? And building that relationship funnel. But as you know, the, the biggest root cause I find is sellers are just not spending enough time creating net new conversations, having conversations with their target buyers and stimulating them to take action. They're not doing enough of that activity. And LinkedIn is great as a player. I love the platform, man. Like I spend a lot of time there just like you do, but you know what? If it switched off tomorrow, I'd be fine, man. I'd be able to go out there and bring in opportunities into my pipeline, right? Um, it wouldn't be of a concern to me because I know this, I have got the skills, I've developed the skills required to prospect. And, you know, as, as, we, as, as platforms change, yes, there's Clubhouse, there's TikTok, there's all those things. But at the end of the day, I have a clear understanding of the buyer persona that I'm engaging with. I understand the outcomes that they're trying to achieve and what's important to them. And I know how to have a conversation with them and move them along the journey to that point of that point of decision. Um, and, you know, if I look at, again, the, the biggest challenges facing salespeople today is they're just not spending enough time prospecting. It's not their primary, one of their primary high performance activities that they're spending their time on. Um, you know, they're not getting enough referrals from their existing customers and then you're putting them into their, um, into their funnel, right? They're waiting for somebody else to book appointments for them. They're waiting for marketing to generate, you know, uh, leads for them. The best lead you can generate is, is the lead that you can generate yourself, right? And you don't wait for somebody, you create your own opportunities. And again, for me, that's what, that's what separates the average from the great. I had the opportunity to interview the world's number one car salesperson, Ali Redder. He broke Joe Girard's record. I'm not sure if you know Joe Girard, but he wrote a great book. He, he sold the most cards in years in the, in the Guinness Book of Records. And Ali beat that. Now, if you go to his Instagram page, right, you probably wouldn't know or you wouldn't know that he's the number one car salesman in the world. He sold something ridiculous, like 1,800 cards, brand new cars in one year, <laughs> right? It's actually ridiculous the amount he sold. And to, get, to put this into perspective, top car sales performers are selling 350 to 400 a year. He sold 1,800, right? So that's insanely, you know, an insane amount of cars that he sold. And I had the opportunity, I met him in Detroit. I went into Motor City. 
I sat there on the floor and I interviewed him. And he's not a flamboyant sales pro that's got this, you know, million people social media account. Because like you said, I sell in Detroit. There's a hundred or thousand people in this area and that's who I need to sell to. And I'm out there, I'm in the community, I'm at baseball games. I'm going out there engaging with people every weekend, every day. And the people within my network, within the area that I can service and help know me. And that for me was a massive aha. That's going, this is awesome. He's not just going out there and making everybody know who he is, he's making the right people that he needs to serve know who he is. So I hope that kind of answers your question, man. I know it was a long kind of answer. No, it does. It does, Luigi. And it makes me think of um, this, this car salesman makes me think of a commercial real estate professional who's very focused on those personal relationships and getting out there and pounding the flesh, so to speak. And they might have some resistance to um, creating more leverage or more efficiency in their approach. And they might say, well, you know, I can't do my job if I'm using technology. Well, yeah. What do you say to someone who wants to do things the old way and perhaps that's slowing down their progress because, um, and this is an excuse in our industry, but I'm sure you've heard the excuse before. It's a people yeah. industry. We can't be relying on technology to develop relationships. What do you say to that? Yeah, I think, you know, the challenge that's going to, that's facing the sales industry right now and sellers right now is that technology, you know, and, and companies are trying more and more to leverage technology to try to eliminate people in the process. We see it in, you know, checkouts at supermarkets, right? They're trying more and more to push people to self-checkout, less human resource costs, et cetera. Um, I think we've got a long way to go in selling. And my colleague, Tony, just wrote a book on this, you know, technical, the tech-powered sales. And he talks about um, technology and how it's playing a bigger part in the sales process. I think, again, great sellers, what they do is they embrace the technology that's in front of them. Um, if you're fundamentally fixed in your mindset. So Carol Dweck's got a great book, you know, Mindset. It talks about fixed versus growth. Mm. If you're fundamentally fixed, then potentially you could be at risk of becoming redundant one day right? because you're not adapting and building. And we hear this before. If it's not change, why fix it? You know, if it's not broke, why fix it? Sorry. And I've been doing this, you know, for 20 years. Why should I try something different? And I think those tortoise, those side type of statements really create concern for me when I hear that from a salesperson because I think, again, the, the foundation of selling might not have changed. You need to create some value, build a relationship and help a person choose you, right? But the way in which we engage with them has changed and the technology that we use to engage with them has changed. And we need to embrace that change and know that, you know what, change is, is a constant. We look at what's happened with COVID. It accelerated a lot of the change initiatives that will probably we weren't expecting for a few years. I remember, you know, I've been using Zoom for a while, but I remember people going, oh, using Zoom. Now it's kind of no problems. Customers are okay to jump on, even in the B2C world, on a, on a Zoom call, on a virtual call, right? Video selling, you know, adding videos in prospecting and all that sort of stuff, right? It's becoming, you need to learn how to, how to use technology to your advantage, how to make you smarter. Like there's tools now that enable me to get a mobile number and an email address at a push of a button. I use those data enrichment tools every day so that I don't have to sit there and try to find contact numbers when I'm building my list. I can essentially build my list within sort of 20 minutes, which historically would have taken me hours and hours or I've had to use an external agency to help me build a, a prospecting list. I can now do that. If click of a button, I'm done. Sales nav, my plugin on Google, Chrome, 
bang, I've got 100 people to call that's based on my ICP and my buyer persona and I can call, right? So if you're in sales now, a bit worried about the future, the first thing is don't be worried by it. Embrace the technology that's available and learn it. And if you're pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, good, because it means you're going to grow and learn. And I'm not saying this in disrespecting people and the way that they feel and try to forget that is, you know, change can come with a level of fear and can create a level of emotion. But ultimately, you know, that's what great sellers do is their contest, the other attribute that I didn't share with you at the start of the call. But I've interviewed some of the, you know, some incredible performers across a variety of industries and they're constantly learning. They have a key desire to be learning and improving themselves. Um, and that, again, that falls outside of skill, yeah? That's, that's an attitude. That's a mindset. That is, I'm going to find more content and more information that can enable me to be better and better every day. Um, and it's interesting. You know, I was coaching a team of 60 sellers in Melbourne. And out of the 60, I had to go and meet each person. It was a pretty big project we were working on, Darren. And I never forget the very first day that I was announced that I'd be their, their coach for this project, their top performer found me. Yeah? Their top performer. Every month she was the top performer, sometimes second, but mostly number one. She found me and asked if I would sit with her, listen to some calls, and tell her what she could do better right? This is a top performer earning insane coin and achieving insane results. Then when I got to some of the lower performers, they were like, why do I have to do this? Mm. I've been doing this for 10 years. What can you teach me? They were resistant to wanting feedback from me. Yeah. See the difference? Top performer seeking more, con seeking more information wanting to know what they could do differently, what, wanting to know what they could do better. Lower performer, why should I do this? Who are you uh, to share, you know, content with me? Yeah? Yeah. That's a that's, clear difference. Mate, look, it's been really great to have you on the, the podcast today. I've been a fan of your work for over a year since I discovered the Sales IQ podcast. So <laughs> thanks, Chris. Yeah, no worries. I appreciate what you're doing for the profession of sales and I appreciate you being here today. Um, for our listeners who want to take the next step, apart from checking out your podcast, which I do recommend, how can they get in touch? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, Luigi, if you just type in Luigi, L-U-I-G-I, I should be the first one that pops up because um, <laughs> there's not that many Luigi's that pop up, right? I'm pretty proud of that. Um, just, yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn, send me a note. Uh, I, I love to share as much content as possible. Um, and I'm pretty open with the content that I share. So there's content that I'm happy to just give out, give away. Um, because again, you know, um, I'm in the trenches with most sales professionals. I'm selling every day. I love it. I, 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 you know, and it, it can be challenging at times. So I know what it's like um, when you are finding it challenging or if you're just doing it awesome and you want to just share some stories or just engage. Yeah. LinkedIn is the place to be for me. Awesome. Luigi, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being my guest today on CRE Success, the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. For more information about our guest, visit CRESuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now a final thought from Darren Krakowiak. Hey, I did promise to share with you my new positioning statement. So here it is. I equip commercial real estate professionals with proven client attraction and retention systems so they can save time earn more and be top performers in their market. I had been trying to land on the right wording for this for the past couple of months, and I was close, but not quite there when I was talking about living the life 
that you desire. And I feel like being top performers in their market better encapsulates what I want to be known for and how I want to help and the result that I want to help my clients and members and listeners achieve. And I hope that it does resonate more with you as well. With Top Performer in mind, I'm excited to share that I'm developing a new program around that idea. If you'd like to know more about it, then just email hello at cresuccess.co. The headlines at the moment are that it's under development, but I'm going to be launching it soon. And it's going to be in beta form, which means it's kind of like a pilot program. It means that you get to be part of the first cohort. And in some ways, you're going to be helping me make the program because I'm going to be looking for your feedback to help me refine it and perfect it before I then release it officially next year. Now, the benefit for you is that you get to be part of creating something and also you get to do it for half price before I launch it officially. If that sounds appealing to you, email hello at cresuccess.co and we'll get back to you with more details. Thanks so much for listening. I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to leave us a five-star review. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co. 90% of the world's data was generated in the last two years. Credia is a business intelligence and analytics tool for commercial real estate professionals. Using real-time insights, track key portfolio metrics and benchmark against the market so you can make faster and well-informed decisions. With live dashboards and bespoke reporting, impress both your executive team and your property clients. It's time to turn data into your most valuable asset with Credia from Released.